independent in thought, and punk rock in life. It's the Chad Benson Show. Well, California's rattling its saber. It wants to be its own nation. And look, with the economy the size it is, it's now fifth largest economy on the globe. Uh, it could survive probably somewhat uh, as its own. Uh, but then you've got a state like Texas that loves its independence, that's fought for its independence, that may want to be independent as well. This new book out called Texit. Why and how Texas will leave the union? Daniel Miller, the author, is joining us now. So, Texit, like the name, very interesting, um, similar to Brexit, and that worked out well for them. Uh, how could Texas leave the union? Well, uh, you know, strangely enough, as complicated as, uh, of an issue as, as people want to make it, it's actually relatively simple. Uh, you know, if you want to break it down to process and steps, what, what it really boils down to is the, the people of Texas uh, go to the polls in a Brexit-style vote. They vote to leave, and then Texas begins the process of asserting its independence, which is not as difficult as, as I said, some people make it out to be. So, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's interesting, I, I think, when you begin to look at this issue. And, and as I've been out talking about the book, and, you know, the book is – gotten some attention outside of Texas. It's just how surprised people are that the level of support for this move and the trajectory of, of heading toward this move is as far and as high as it is. Daniel, Texas, you know, and I was just talking about it, I think Texans are completely misunderstood because every, every state has, the, you know, the stereotypes. You think the same thing. You look at California, you think of a bunch of just progressive super hippies, and some of that is true. There's some stereotypes that are real. New York, you think of the gruff New Yorker just walking around, just, you know, everything's go, 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 go. And you think of Florida as a bunch of old people. Those are the kind of things that people throw out there. Uh but Texans are misunderstood, and, you know, it's not that they want to get rid of the U.S. It's, it's they like their independence. They like doing their own thing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, for me uh, in the process of, of getting the book and starting to look. Let me, let me just say this first. I've been working on this particular issue for 22 years now. So uh, I, I have looked at this issue from every possible angle, uh, you know, up one side, down the other. I mean, the thorough examination, and, and not just here in Texas, but sort of in, in a global perspective. And, and I'll tell you what it boils down to. Uh, you know, Texans, uh, we, we really adhere to those words from Sam Houston when he said that the, the government that governs best governs least. I mean, that really is fundamental in the attitude. And when you talk to people in Texas about why they support Texas, it, it, it boils down to the phrase that pays, which is Texans are sick and tired of 180,000 pages of federal laws, rules, and regulations administered by 440 separate agencies and 2.5 million unelected bureaucrats. But I'll tell you, Chad, I think it's even more pure than that. Uh, because whether it's the people here in Texas or the people in the UK or the people in California that are pushing for this idea of CalExit or, you know, Quebec or some of the states of northern Mexico, at the end of the, at the end of the day, it really boils down to the idea of self-government. Here in Texas, we believe that the best people to govern Texas are Texans and not some faceless bureaucrats who don't understand the day-to-day -day challenges that we have. We're sick and tired of going to the polls and making decisions about how we should govern ourselves only for them to be overridden at the stroke of a pen by some federal bureaucrat. 
Yeah, we talk about the exit as we're talking to uh, Daniel Miller's new books out called Texit. It's going to come out later on this month. Why and how Texas will leave the union. Uh, there's pros and cons with everything. Obviously, the pros are you get to govern yourself for the whole nine yards. But let's just say this happens, right? And we'll 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 break that down a little while. Uh, first and foremost, what do you do with the military? What do you do with the United States? Are you are you cousins? Are you brothers? I mean, how does that work? If and when? Because th- those are questions that I think a lot of people don't. You know, th- they think, oh, this would be great if we just did it ourselves. But th- there are other things that you have to think out outside of that. Yeah, if only someone had written a book about that, right? I know. <laughs> I know, right? But but here's here's what it boils down to. I mean, every one of those issues, uh, I think, you know, we can talk about each of those issues individually if you'd like, but uh, let, let's take it from a, a bigger perspective, okay? You started off by talking about California having the fifth largest economy in the world. Texas typically hovers anywhere from 8 to 10, uh, you know, so you talk about the economy from a viability standpoint, and you have to realize that that's out of 195 other self-governing nation states, right? So there are, you know, in California's case, 190. In our case, you know, 185 other countries, self-governing nation states out there that are far worse off economically than we are that seem to be able to make a go of it, Right. So, you know, you, you take an issue like it, and I'll give you a good example, like the military. Okay? The mili- you know, military days, and national And that defense. it will not now, be held at the There's BMC obviously some, some issues that would have to come up, but it's not unprecedented in dealing with As we await those. the arrival Nor of these former... Do, does the fact that we share common defense concerns with the United States mandate that we be part of a political and economic union? And I'll give you a great example. Uh, NATO is a great example. You know, the United States is in NATO, the U.K. is in NATO, Germany, all of those Western European countries are members of NATO, but no one would would ever tender the idea that they had to be in a political and economic union with the United States to share common defense concerns and agree to, to uh, some mutual defense pact. Uh, you take an issue like trade. Uh, you know, when you look at the United States as it really is constitutionally, which is really a political and economic uh, union, you look at it from that standpoint and realize that when Texas trades with, say, uh, Oklahoma or Louisiana or Virginia or California, it's essentially, by virtue of how the Constitution works, a free trade agreement. Well, the United States has executed free trade agreements with 22 other countries, but no one has tendered the idea that to be in a free trade agreement with the United States, to be able to have goods passed back and forth tariff-free, that they have to be in a political and economic union. So throughout all of those things in the book, I think each specific element of it, and I show how it's already handled, not just by the United States, but around the world. It's going to be interesting, man. I mean, I, I, I'm fascinated by the thought. And, and, and I will say this. First of all, Donald Trump's our president. So that, therein lies a never say never. Brexit, we heard it, never say never. So I, you can never say never. In my lifetime, would it be unthinkable for me to be 20 years looking back going, wow, Texas left, California left? Would that be unthinkable? I don't think it would be unthinkable. Is it likely? I don't know about that, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't fall out of my, my chair shocked like I can't believe this happened. What do you feel the likelihood of, of this happening is? How how much? Because you've got some support, people like it, but do you think that that it's support enough there that that you guys could really pull this off? Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, the the reason that the book is 
subtitled Why and How Texas Will Leave the Union uh, is because I believe it's an inevitability, and I believe that I've proven the case that it is an inevitability. But look, let's look at support. 22 years ago, when I got engaged in this fight, uh, Texas support polled at single digits. Right now, let me go ahead and make a, a, a note here that support for Texas in Texas has always polled higher than approval for the United States Congress. All right. So we had that at least going for us, <laughs> but, but moving, but moving on, you know, as, as this issue was presented and the viability of it as an issue was presented and questions got answered and research was done and, and the federal government continued to do what the federal government does, which is grow, uh, become more corrupt and, and trample the more individual rights, obviously the trajectory has been up. So in 2009, Research 2000 conducted a poll uh, on this issue about whether people believe that Texas would be better off as an independent nation. And it showed 48% of Republicans, 40% of independents, and 15% of Democrats. In 2014, Reuters conducted a poll right about the time of the Scottish referendum Uh, And they asked an even better question. They asked, do you believe that your state should leave the union and become an independent nation? Right. Not a question of fantasy football, but a question of political will. And and the results were stunning for those people who weren't who haven't been paying attention. And it was 54 percent of Republicans, 50 percent of independents and over a third of Texas Democrats believe that Texas should leave the union. So that was in 2014. So. You know, what, what we're seeing here is, and if you understand the breakdown of the electorate, those numbers are massive. Uh, on average, at this point over the last year, since the, the 2016 general election, uh, what we have seen is that support for Texas polls anywhere from four to eight percentage points higher than those who want to stay. And, you know, we're, we're basically at this moment fighting over somewhere between 10 to 16 percent undecided here in Texas. But, uh, look, the trajectory is there. Uh, all we have to do is rely on the, the the legislative cycle here in Texas to try to get the referendum bill introduced and passed. And once that, once that's done, uh, it's it's going to stun a lot of folks. It is going to be interesting. Uh, I, you know what i i I myself, as a historian, somebody who loves, I would love to just see the process take its place whether or not it ends up happening i just think the the entire thing would be interesting and you know california since i was a kid growing up they wanted to break it into three states now they want to leave they still want to break it into three states you've got parts of california that want to do its own thing it's interesting we've heard forever that you know there there's been these rumblings by states but i i've always thought if one state could probably pull this off it would be texas and 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 what kind of fight would would the, the united states put up when it comes to Texas as well, because you can lay everything out in the Constitution all you want, but it's when it finally comes due and somebody says, this is what we're doing, that I always wonder how that would look. Yeah, I, and I, I, you know, of course, I address that in the book, uh, you know, what the potential responses would be from the federal side of things. But but look, here's here's where I think we are uh, as as not just as Texans, but as people that live in states that are part of this union. Uh, I think it's time for people in every state to begin to have some serious conversations about the relationship of their state with the, you know, within this union. Uh, you know, when I talk about living under 180,000 pages of federal laws, rules, and regulations and those two and a half million unelected bureaucrats, 
that just doesn't uh, it doesn't just affect Texas. You know, every state is having to deal with that. Now, you know, how those states are on the receiving end of that uh, is a different story. But, you know, in a political climate that is more divided than ever, uh, you know, and it's and some would say it's a left, right, Democrat, Republican. I, I believe you can slice that pie into even more pieces uh, of division. Uh, but I, I do sincerely and firmly believe that it's time for every single state to begin to have this discussion uh, because there is no fix for the federal government. It will continue on the trajectory uh, that it's on. Uh, when, I, when I wrote the book, the, the national debt, for example, I think was at, at $19 trillion. And between that time and the release of the book, it'll probably creep up to you know north of uh, $22 trillion. I think by by the time the book releases, so you know we're we're in a situation here where people are going to have to start thinking about things related to the United States that have not been thought about uh, in generations. You know we've got to have these conversations. Uh, what what people what, what people want to be in a in a political and economic union that option's available to them, but for a place like Texas and, and probably many other states. The path of becoming a self-governing, independent nation-state is the best path forward. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to. What, and what do we do with the Cowboys and the Houston Astros and the Dallas Stars and the Mavericks? I mean, are they still allowed to play in the NBA and the NFL? Is that going to work out? How's that go? Well, you know, it, it's funny. Yeah, strangely enough, that is actually one of the top questions I get asked. And then, you know, then I point to, well, look, it, it's an individual decision. Those are private organizations, but. You know, uh, let's look at hockey. I mean, you know, you got Canadian and American teams playing hockey. You've got Canadian teams playing baseball. Uh, so, you know, you've got the NFL talking about expanding franchises uh, into into Europe. So, uh, you know, the, these are, again, the, these are questions people throw up, but the answers are already out there. You know, these yeah. answers are already exist. They're already handled in some particular way already. Very interesting. Last question. We've only got about 30 seconds here. Uh, somebody just texted in and said, hey, how would immigration work if somebody from California, New York, you know, somebody's in Chicago and sick and tired of Illinois wants to move to Texas? How does that work? Passports, the whole nine yards. I mean, is it is it easy to do that or is it is it going to be an immigration process? 30 seconds, huh? <laughs> Here, let, let me just throw this. I actually deal with that in the uh, in the book uh, extensively because, look, the border and immigration are, are typically the number one concern of Texas voters. But, but look, here, here's something to bear in mind. The United States has travel agreements with Mexico. There are people, and the, the stat is that in excess of one million people every single solitary day cross the, the border between Mexico and the United States with nothing more than a border travel card. So if, if I'm, I'm absolutely positive if the United States can work that deal for Mexico, they can work that deal for any other state as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, again, these are things that, that are handled. I mean, the, there, are, there are ways forward uh, to, to be able to deal with these particular issues that are not unique and not atypical. Absolutely, man. It looks very interesting. Can't wait to read it. Texas. Texit, why and how Texas will leave the Union. Daniel, I appreciate you coming on today. Very interesting, and you laid it out there for us, and I think a lot of other states may be thinking the same thing. We appreciate you coming on today, man. Hey, Chad, thanks for having me. Thank you. You have a great day. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. It's the Chad Benson Show.